Hello and welcome back to another episode of my podcast. My name is Euphoric Zad. Today I felt I should just talk about something that I always advocate for and always, you know, try to make sure that everyone understands well as much as I understand. And one of the things that I always think about is how much or how is it less or the absence of mental health discussions in African homes. Now, I'm not going to talk about families in general or cultures or different cultures because I'm not, you know, I'm not a person of that culture. I can only talk about my own. And I felt like I should just come on here and just talk about a few things that you know, over the years, I've been able to, you know, think about and realize. And let's start with school education. I know I'm going to just say, I wanted to just focus it as a narrow it down to African homes. But then when I thought about it more, I realized that most of the education we get, other than what we get from home, we get them at school and we get them at institutions where we've, you know, labelled as educational institutions and yet we, they fail to, you know, provide us or um, deliver information regarding the importance of mental health now when i was in sec when i was in primary school we never really talked about mental health how we talk i think i i think all i remember was doing then was like maybe phe which for which was physical health education and most of health of the health related things that we did while in you know in school had to do with um hygiene physical health and it was ne- there was never I, I can't remember ever a moment where we learned about mental health like as you know as a topic or even even just a little sprinkle of it in our curriculum there was nothing like that and this i'm talking about 12 years ago you know so then i got into university and we started i started doing social sciences and throughout my stay in secondary school there was never a point where mental health was a focus of of the conversation there was never a point where mental health was you know um highlighted there was never that point and it got me thinking about how the curriculum is structured and how you can go through you know almost 13 years of education and never come in contact or come you know um, I've come to understand the most basic part of mental health. And that, that's, that seems very problematic to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who, stood, who did most of my education in Nigeria. So this might differ according to countries and, you know, schools. Then another thing was also, that I also realized is until I got to university, when I particularly started taking courses in psychology, that I understand, that I understood the importance of, you know, mental health, checking your mental health, making sure it's right, you know, doing things to calm yourself, doing things, um, putting yourself in a position where you can speak about things that you are worried about, not bottling things up. And it just 
gave me this whole picture of how the media and you know books or literature gives you this representation of this strong black woman i, I always say there's i know that as much as we all like going to the cinemas to watch that strong woman you know get back on her feet you know um which, which we always like to see representation of black women in media because we rarely see black women in media. So when we see them there, they're either in the roles of the, um, the, the cheeky black friend or the overly sexualized black um, character or they are the the one that that the one that with the redemption act for um, a a sad white character and we we see this representation so when we see a strong black woman in media we suddenly get this joy we suddenly get this you know happiness but at the end of the day we tend to forget the damage such representation have on people because when when all we see is this strong woman who can do all she, who, who does all she can, who is the fastest worker, who never gets down, who is always hype, hype, hype. And you, you, you build this expectation, you build this expectation of someone who you see in media. And is I, I just feel like sometimes we need a woman who is broken. Sometimes we need a woman that is not as strong as black women are made out to be like black women are allowed to to be sad black women are allowed to be down black women are allowed to not be as strong as they are being displayed in the media but then again another issue is harmful stereotypes now when for example now i grew up in Umbe. i have you know uh, i grew up in a polygamous home so i have seen all the variations <laughs> of how <clears throat> not discussing about mental health can, you know, what it can result to and how harmful stereotypes are when it comes to like growing up in an African home. Take for example, if you are a guy in a, in a black, in an African home, the last thing, like the last thing your parents or your family want to see is you cry or you break down because they suddenly feel like you're not man enough or you're not strong enough they give you this mad macho mentality and it's it ends up building making such men have this very fragile eggshell like egos that can't be mashed upon and destroyed at any point in time because they have not found, you know, an outlet. They just feel, I, I, I think it gets to a point where they just feel like as if they have to be strong, like they have to be macho, they have to be. And I'm like, all this just enf- enforces silly, you know, stereotypes. And sometimes I'm just happy that I feel like things have changed a bit. Like, I, I, <laughs> I can't really say as how much it has changed, but I feel like it has changed from how it was about 20 years ago or how it was even 10 years ago. Things have changed because now the people who were raised, like people my own age and how I think, have grown up and started having children and they are not trying to impose such negative stereotypes on 
you know, on their children. And another thing I th- just thought about now is how um, division is. I, I, I think I remember, I remember reading this book by Chimamanda. Is it Chimamanda? Yes. That she wrote something about 15 manifestos. Um, I can't remember the full title, but there was that book and she was, she wrote it in a form where she was writing to a friend regarding like, I think, I feel like 15 suggestions, I think, I can't remember the title, but it's about this, I think it's, I can't remember the title, but it's one of that, so just Google it up. Anyways, um, she was, she, the way she wrote it, she wrote it like as if she was speaking to a friend and in there, on, like in the book, she wrote a few suggestions on how to raise, you know, children and how to, how to explain their roles in society. Don't make their roles in society be a reason, as in, don't center their roles in society on their gender. You cannot say, oh, if, for example, one of the examples that she used was when she said, um, she used the example of telling a girl to sweep. Now, that, that, usually in African home, is the girls that do most of the chores. Let's just put it that way because that's how I was raised. Most of the girls do the chores. And there's nothing wrong with you telling your children to do the chores. But then, don't now make it to be you have to sweep very well because you are a girl or you know you are a girl you better sweep very well all these kind of statements are like okay so because he's a boy he can do what he wants or because he's a boy he doesn't need to sweep well as in all these of stereotypes and mentality is the, like is one of the issues that makes it very difficult for people to speak about mental health I, I'm, I'm just trying to get to my point i, I know i'm going round and round but examples like this are the kind of things that enforce like this sort of inability for children to like speak to their parents because if if the children cannot if, if the child cannot tell you anything like <laughs> you guys cannot tell you anything before you say oh it's because you're, it's because you're a gay that's why you're too emotional or it's because you're a, you're a gay you're too emotional or if the if the boy comes and wants to tell you something like uh uh-uh, um, like suck it up you're a man or suck it up you're, you're, you you know you're going to be a man all those kind of all those kind of statements and added that that the things that give us this gate and block of children or people from sharing their emotions or sharing how they feel and all these kind of things when you do it one you do it two you do it three times you get to a point where the boy for example the man he develops this mad macho mentality i know i like to call it three m's because i feel like when i see discussions about toxic uh, masculinity hood mentality on social media it just like it just makes me think of mad macho mentality and how you feel like if you are not this macho man you are not this this 3m person then you are not man enough or you are not a strong man or i'm like that's not like okay so i did a little bit of research and i found out that when we talk about why i said the lack of you know talking about mental health or discussing about mental health in african homes how it is non-existence i did a research and i found out this website raiseequalityfoundation.org.uk and here basically what they were talking about was how black and minority ethnic communities have been alighted at having, you know, higher prevalence of mental health. And they are the same group of people that will have, like, that will not get 
treatment or that would not get enough treatment for like their mental health and we because it is never a topic of di- discussion they feel black people are strong people and it all starts from home it all starts from you know from how children are raised it all starts from i, I always say it, it all starts from the house if you are in your house with your family that you love and you trust and you cannot talk to them about how you know how you are feeling how you know you see i feel like people always feel like when it comes to mental health okay if you a few weeks ago thereabouts i posted a video on my instagram and excuse me if you are not um aware i have an instagram page do you for exact i post videos sharing my opinion regarding different topics um some things that might have happened in the society recently like the full episode talking about the black lives matter movement and how to be an ally and one one few weeks ago i talked about how mental health has become this you know unexplainable situation i feel like people always forget that who have defined you know health as a totality your physical your mental and your social well-being it's not just whether you when you climb on the scale you are you are fit or when you climb on the scale you are obese that's not just what health is about health is just is is everything in totality so when we talk about mental people feel like is this abstract because it's not tangible kind of situation and i feel like we always forget that things build up like I'm currently doing a master's in cognitive and clinical neuroscience and when I talk with a lot of my friends that have a degree or a background a first degree or background in psychology we have this very different way we look at you know mental health they look see it as this intangible thing i see it as neurochemicals i see it as you know neurochemical imbalance and ish and things and people that are not from any of this field just feel like mental health is it's about you being sad or being happy or being and i feel like that's just like the basic that's the basis of it that's like how how ground level you can be you're not being able to talk to someone about oh i've had a shitty day and this shitty day i just don't feel like going to work tomorrow or because of this shitty day things are really hard and i just wish i could you know just leave my work i i am as in little little things like this okay i mean i feel like i should i should give you an example of a story that just tell you a story of a friend of mine so a few years ago I had this I have this friend but still friends um and one day she just came you know she just sent me a message and she told me like AJ I hate my job I hate my job and I'm like we just left school so what job are you doing? like you've not been doing this job for a long time and why do you hate it this more because i was trying to understand the situation like when somebody calls you up it's different from when you have you know you've had a bad day but you always have a bad day because people at your workplace are just a mess and but this person have never you know said anything about having the bad day and this is like first time and she just sent me this message out of the blue and i was like oh, okay why do you why are you having a bad day and she was like 
girl that you not believe that the person that she's working for that the way the man used to stay at her that she just finds it creepy that he's stressing her out like that he has not done anything that she doesn't know if he's going to do anything but the way he just looks like her looks like that is as if you could see you could hear the panic in her voice like she's already panicking nothing has happened yet too she's already panicking and you could see that she had been keeping this thing in her mind and I was like, okay, then what do you want to do that right now? Because she has not done anything. You reporting to anybody, you just this. She was like, that's what she knows. That she knows that she reporting to anybody is going to, you know, do this thing. And she cannot tell her parent because she just got the job and they are so happy for her that she knows that if you tell her parent that they'll probably tell her that she should just suck it up. That man has not done anything. This, this, this. And I was like, <sighs> first thing that came to my mind was, you are already you've already put yourself as in, you're already in this situation where you cannot tell your family because your family have built this you already have this image of your family where you know that they are going to tell you suck it up like so if she's if someone is panicking like that and telling you that something's happening this is not the time for suck it up this is the time for you to like sit down and have a you know a meaningful conversation of how, on how to move forward because she could have just kept it in her mind and you know she could have kept it in her mind and just be you know be thinking about thinking about the average looking over her shoulders all those little little things that you don't think about they are the things that weigh down on someone another example is well, what, what I was, the story I was saying, anyways, so she's, that I told her that, okay, that I get what you mean, and I, I'm, I'm thinking of a way where how we can, you know, um, improve the situation, and I was like, okay, that, um, like what time to what time does she work, I had to, like, try to, you know, um, shift my, um, my uh, my journey like when i finish work when i'm done with work i go through our workplace so we we leave work together and she began to feel a bit safer like us us going home together me picking her up at work and after some time i she she explained to me that the man came up to her and you know tried some anzi things and because she had already I, I feel like she, she 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 thought a lot about it and she you know spoke to because she she, she was panicking my sis was panicking <laughs> so she um spoke to one of the other female employees at the workplace and she found out more about the man like this was not the first time he had been doing stuff like this and they were able to take it to if another female employee that was like of a higher rank at the company and they were able to talk about it and this had the situation you know worked upon and got me thinking if i had just said if i had just said it's all in your head or this man is like he has not done anything like you need to calm down or i'd said things like what skirt are you wearing or things as of dumb stuff like that thinking about it now it would have made the situation a lot more, a lot more worse because she would have not been able to like talk to another employee at her workplace or have the situation settled and i felt like those are the little things that people overlook because 
now I'm, I'm trying not to cry because I, I, I remember this situation so vividly because and it, she, uh, it was panicked, God. And another thing was like how she was not able to talk to her parents about that situation. Like, it's not like as if she was living on her own and she had moved out. Like, she was living with her parents. Every day after work, she goes home. And you could see in her face that it's not like as if things were going well. She was looking down. She was looking really depressed. And they never had, well, to my knowledge, they, they never had a discussion about it. She never spoke to her parents about it. And I just feel sad. I just feel sad that something like that can be happening and you're not able to tell your parents and things like that. So I, I, I just I'm, I just feel like let your children know, right? Let your children know that their emotions are valid. I, I feel like parents always trying to, you know, run after money, run after things, you know, very quick about day-to-day activity, never really have time to spend with the family and the children end up getting trapped in this fast-paced life of where they think this is not as important as my mom rushing off to work, this is not as important as my mom dropping me quickly off at school. Like, I feel that was our way. I'm talking about how I felt and Thinking about it now, I just, you know, regret not having that sort of relationship with my mom and I not being able to say, this is how, this is what happened, this is how I feel, uh, or not even being able to sit down and have this conversation as a family and too late now anyways, but um, yeah, uh, this this video went, <laughs> just went a bit darker than I was anticipating. But anyways, um, I just hope I'll be able to like get a few things. And the issue with, you know, mental health has not been a topic of discussion in African homes. I don't know if it's going to be solved or if it's going to end or if parents are going to start, you know, talking about mental health to their children. And there's also this this um, idea that mental health disorders is not a black problem, or mental health disorders is not a black issue, or you have thick skin, or you are you are you are African, you are African. African people don't get depressed, or African people don't get anxiety. I, I'm like, bro, that like that makes no sense. I I I, so I used to have that mentality. Honestly, I used to have that mentality when I was like secondary school, I would tell myself, suck it up, like, girl, uh, black girl, black power kind of stuff. And it, it took me a long time. It took me a while to get to a point, like, if it's taken me 23 years, 22 years, to get to a point where I have accepted who I am and I'm beginning to love myself. So I, I feel like it's 20 years too long it's 20 years too old or 20 years too too spaced out or too stretched for me to just be getting to a position where i'm loving myself like that's it if i had been appreciating myself for the past 20 years for the past 22 years i feel like i would have i'll be in a much better place but then it's never too late to start self-love so to wrap up this episode um I felt like I should recommend a few books about self-love. And 
I just, I, I can't really think, right now, I can't really think of one book that reminds me of like, you level yourself. But if you're looking for, you know, a, because I'm not a type of person to read a lot of self help books. Like, I, I, I try not to read because your experience might not be my experience. So I always leave it to the world of fiction to decide. Um, a few books that I read very, that I read recently was, um, what's it called? Uh, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Very smutty. I love it. Um, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I also read Take It In Danny Brown, which is the first and second books of the Brown Sisters, Batalia Hibbert. I highly recommend it. Very cute. Very, you know, light at it. You can read it on a train, read it on a bus, while in class, and that boy lecturer is speaking. You can pick it up. And yeah, that'll be the end. I, I also want you guys to check out raceequalityfoundation.org.uk. Just check them out. Try to read through a few statistics that they have up there. And Till next time, I'm the Euphrates. That bye.